Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll feature Josh Sinters of Tidbits and Take Control Books. You'll also hear from columnist Kirk McElhern of Kirkville. Among the topics to be discussed, the Tesla 3 with over 325,000 advance orders, Apple TV, Apple versus the FBI on the Tech Night Out Live. So we have Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books, and we're going to talk about his latest version of his Take Control of Apple TV a little bit later. But right now, I want to get into some other subjects. And first off, of course... We have those rumors that have been around for a year or two now that there will be an Apple car in our future. At the same time, there is a published report that there are now over 300,000 advance orders for the Tesla 3. The Tesla 3 is a mid-sized car, something in the same range as the BMW 3 Series. The starting price is $35,000, which is above the average price of a new car. But just to put things in perspective, 300, what, 30,000 cars that they've had pre-ordered. Now, that is slightly higher than the number of cars Lexus sells an entire year and the number of cars that Mazda sells in the U.S. each year. And certainly in terms of individual models, it's probably in the range of a Toyota Camry or the Honda Accord. Do you take this seriously? I mean, people have to put $1,000 down to order a Tesla 3. It doesn't mean they have to take delivery. There's no obligation on their part to take delivery. And we don't even know if they can produce that many cars in a reasonable period of time. Right. Well, that's going to be the interesting thing to see, right? And and we know Tesla's had this issue in the past. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can actually uh, hold up on their end of the bargain. But I think the fact that They've taken $1,000 deposits for 300,000 cars is enormous. You know, um, I used to cover automobiles a bit, and any model they can sell 300,000 of, that's that's typically a blockbuster. So I, I think uh, assuming Tesla can keep up with demand and keep the quality high, I, I think they have an enormous hit on their hands here. Well, the plant they're using it used to be owned by Toyota and GM, as you probably know, Josh. They can build 500,000 cars. Now, it doesn't mean that... Tesla can build 500,000 cars a year. Some of those things about Elon Musk, right? He he has a lot of bold visions. And sometimes he can't execute them as as well as, as I'm sure he would like. So, I mean, it's just going to be those things we'll have to wait and see. But I think, you know, with the demand they have, you know, if they can't ramp up now, <laughs> then they never will, right? But, yeah, it's, it's, it's been fascinating to see how much of a response they've gotten to this. Even if they can produce 50,000 or 100,000 cars a year, assuming that a fair percentage of the people who place this $1,000 down are not going to expect to take delivery anytime soon, because we're talking about the earliest date being the end of 2017. That's amazing. You know, it's like people placing an advance order for an iPhone or something, except that it costs 35, 40 times more. (laughs) I I thought it was interesting how there was an enormous line outside of the event to announce the Model 3 um, with the car sight unseen. You know, people were ready to go. There's a lot of pent-up demand here. There's a lot of faith in what Tesla's doing and what Elon Musk is doing. So I, I think uh, he should be commended for that. I mean, he's he's built an Apple-like following around 
this car already, and we don't even know how it'll do yet. That's just based on the reputation of Tesla's previous models, which honestly, they haven't had that many of them, right? I mean, they had the Roadster, and then uh, what, the S is the main one they sell now, and the, the Model X, which I don't think is even shipped yet. That so, is shipping. The X is the crossover. Okay. It right. is shipping, but so far, Tesla has not demonstrated the ability to build more than 5,000 cars a month, let alone... 40,000 cars a month, which is something they're going to have to do. So we don't know. But we remember, too, this is a brand new company in terms of car making. It takes years for a car company to build up its production. So we may assume that things will be better this year, things will be better next year, but not to the extent they can build 40,000 cars a month. Right, at least not yet. But, but this is the interesting thing. You look back 10 years ago, and Musk has essentially followed his exact roadmap. You know, he said, we're going to start off, you know, with high-end luxury cars. We're going to move down to a somewhat more affordable luxury car. And then we'll produce, say, a, a, a more of a mass market car. You know, this is the amazing thing about Elon Musk. He has a lot of stumbles. But you look at, he tackles the hardest problems. You know, things like starting a car company from scratch, uh, launching rockets, and being able to jump into a field as complex as automobiles and be able to stick to the, a set 10-year roadmap as well as he has is remarkable. I think that's, that should give people pre-ordering this car a lot of confidence. Also, if he can do it, even half what he promises, how does that impact Apple's future plans if they want to build a car? You know, I'm a bit skeptical of Apple's even seriously considering this. I mean, I'm sure they've worked on it, you know, and maybe if nothing else as a way just to keep Johnny Ive interested and keep him around. But, um, you know, even if they are planning seriously to launch a car, I think this only helps Apple because it shows that the market's there. People get a taste for this sort of car, for this, I mean, device, really. I mean, if you look at these electric cars, they're more like devices. So I think, if anything, this helps them. Because, you know, Apple doesn't tend to just jump into an undeveloped industry. You know, Apple always likes to jump in after someone else has laid the groundwork. And so, if anything, Tesla's helping Apple here. Let's look at the money involved here. The cheapest Tesla 3 is $35,000, which is a couple of thousand dollars above the average price of a new car. A fully outfitted Honda Accord is maybe $33,000. A fully outfitted Toyota Camry or a Kia Optima. Kia Optimas actually, you can get them for over $35,000. So I guess if you look at the price that way, it's not really expensive, except now we compare it to the price of a new BMW 3 Series, which is in the $30,000 some odd range. And when you add the options, They're in the $40,000 range, like a brand new kind of well-equipped BMW 3 Series is maybe $45,000. Elon Musk says that a decently equipped 3 is going to be $42,000. So I suppose it's an affordable car if you regard a BMW 3 Series or an Audi A4 as an affordable car. And a lot of people are going to say, are you kidding? (laughs) <laughs> I'm in that camp. We, we just bought a new car. Um, my wife totaled her old one, which actually worked out well for us because that car wasn't really working for us anyway. And we took the check and we bought a 10-year-old Volkswagen Touareg, which uh, we just kind of looked upon. And it's been uh, just a beautiful car. It you know It's practically a luxury car, and we got it for next to nothing. I mean, really, and nothing out of pocket. So, now, uh, remember, uh, <laughs> Volkswagen is... In many respects, a low-rent Audi. 
A lot of similarities. More so with the older models, not so much now. But if you look like a VW Passat, which starts about $23,000, it is, if you look at it and realize that it's not as well equipped as an Audi A6, it is a lot of the driving feel of the Audi A6. I've taken it for a test drive. I can tell you it feels like one for $23,000. If I have a check for $23,000 and someone wants to you know, buy a car for me, heck, you can certainly do worse than a Volkswagen. They're really good, except that they really screw themselves on that diesel question. Yeah. Well, you don't have a diesel, do you? No, it does take premium fuel, which is about the only thing I don't like about it. But it's a super nice car, and we own it outright. So, I mean, that's my whole thing. You know, like, you know, it's hard for me to get terribly interested in all the electric car business because until they're, I don't know, five grand or thereabouts, there's no way I'll own one because, you know, I, I pay cash for all my cars. Well, of course, you don't have to worry about monthly payments. If the car is totaled, you get a check and you start with a new one. And also bear in mind here that up until they sell 200,000 cars, there will be a federal subsidy and sometimes state subsidies to buy a Tesla 3 that will take the price down as much as $7,500. So it's in the range of a higher-end Kia Optima, Hyundai Sonata, or Toyota Camry. So it's not that expensive in the scheme of things, but still. It's a lot <laughs> for a lot of people. We've got Josh Centers. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. December 7th. 1941, a date which will live in infamy. Remember Pearl Harbor. Now you can buy, for the first time ever, the 75th anniversary Pearl Harbor legal tender solid gold coin from the U.S. Money Reserve. 
Call 1-800-329-6700 right now or go online to usmoneyreserve.com. 1-800-329-6700. You're fired. According to the Small Business Administration, 75% of small businesses plan to eliminate jobs or reduce workers' hours to part-time. You're fired. According to Gallup, the unemployment rate recently jumped to nearly 9%, and the underemployment rate hit a staggering 17.9%. You're fired. One out of three young adults and one out of two recent college graduates are underemployed. Hello, I'm Keith Abel, a pharmacist and a home business entrepreneur. In 2011, I became one of those statistics myself. Instead of looking for another job in corporate America, I joined Dr. Joel Wallet, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. We're creating steady incomes for ourselves and would like to show you how to do the same. If you want to supplement your current income, replace your income, so you don't have to become one of the statistics, then give me a call toll-free at 866-257-3105. 866-257-3105. You're fired. Don't wait till you hear those words. Start creating an extra income today. 866-257-3105. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com or 800-544-3533. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. To put this in perspective, Josh Centers, a Model T, what, just cost a few hundred dollars? Like, yeah, you know, but of course, that was, of 20th century. That was worth a lot more back then, though. I, I, wonder, I, wonder, what, I wonder what a Model T is in today's do- dollars. Uh, just curious now. It would cost about $20,000 in today's dollars, which, I mean, for a brand new car isn't bad. That would be a well equipped compact. Like a Honda Civic. Not the most expensive Honda Civic, but somewhere in the middle. It'll be a well-equipped Volkswagen Jetta. Not the most expensive one, which takes you to the mid-20s or something, but something in decent shape. So if you look at the way the cost of things has increased, that makes sense. You're talking about what was presented to be a mass-market family car. And you look at the price in the early part of the 20th century... You scale it up to 2016, but then you look at all the extra value they've added. The things mm-hmm. that cars do today that would be magic in 1920. Sure, sure. Although none of the cars today are as cool as the Model T. I'm looking, I'm looking at pictures of them right now. <laughs> Someone had a 1930s Ford that they had completely rebuilt. I was over at a supermarket, and I see this car pull up next to me. And I spent the next 10 minutes just kind of burning the guy's ear asking about that car. It just looks fascinating. Of course, if you look at what it has, it didn't have a radio. Obviously, it doesn't have air conditioning, which is a problem here in Arizona, especially around Phoenix. A lot of things it doesn't have. But, you know, when the weather is fairly temperate, 
it looked like a really fun car. I mean, I'd hate to get one of those things involved in an accident <laughs> because all the things you expect now in a car, such as airbags and all sorts of safety things, not there. Now, right. as you know, the current Volkswagens are made in Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. You're aware of that? Yes. But they use engines made in Mexico, so Donald Trump will want them banned. <laughs> well, they can start making them here in Tennessee. That's fine with me. I'm not quite sure where ours was made. I'll, I'll have to look. I'm, I, don't, I guess Germany. I don't think the Tennessee plant existed back then. But you know, it's it's a nice car. I mean, I was I was impressed. I mean, for ten, to be actually probably over ten years old, it's a 2005 model. So I'm guessing it was probably originally sold in 2004. It's it's in excellent shape. So I've, uh, <laughs> my wife's been thrilled with. I'm I'm very used to uh, very simple cars, Gene. You know, my my other two cars. I have an old pickup truck and I have a Corolla. Both of them have manual windows. Yeah, I have to roll the windows down by hand. This this new Volkswagen we have has all these knobs and buttons and and things that you know I'll give you like for instance the other night I turned a knob just playing around with stuff like what does this do and suddenly the the rearview mirror is folded in and I was just dumbfounded I, I felt like Gomer Pyle in the Batmobile. <laughs> now one of my favorite Volkswagens was like the two thousand three two thousand four Passat. Yeah. Because all it was was an Audi A four with a slightly cheaper interior and maybe a lower-cost engine. Now, it wasn't cheap. We're talking about something, if you look at inflation, it sold for maybe three to $5,000 more than a mid-sized car. It was a compact car, but I had one, and I loved it. I don't know why we didn't have it. I think partly because we put a lot of mileage on it, and it needed engine mounts, and the dealer was willing to give us a good trade-in. Yeah, But it was one of my best favorite radios. I had a monsoon radio, one of my favorite cars. I had a monsoon radio. Really comfortable. All the electronic gizmos. Genuine wood inlay in the interior. You know, real wood, not the fake stuff. I mean, it was really quite a car. Nowadays, of course, the current Volkswagen Passat is a platform built in the U.S. based on a previous generation of the European platform. There's a new platform that won't come to America till maybe 2018, 2019. What do you think, seriously speaking? What do you think about Apple? Do you think they really want to build a car? Flip a coin. You know, it's one of those things, you know, Apple has to find room to grow. And I think one of those ways will be in, in services and, and, you know, maybe they'll get into banking or insurance or stuff, boring stuff like that. But there's going to be pressure in Apple to think bigger, right? You know, whether that's virtual reality, automobiles, whatnot. But the problem with getting in the car business is you have a lot of uh, regulatory hurdles to jump. Well, and not just that, but a lot of uh, protectionism in the market. You know, um, you might have heard this week that Richard Branson was forced to sell part of uh, his Virgin America airline to Alaska Airlines, and and part of the reason for that was, I mean, and he's written about this extensively. He's he's had you know the government stonewalling him from the start, you know, because they really don't want competition for you know Delta and, and uh, Southwest and the existing airlines. And it's the same. It's the same thing with cars. It's very hard to get. You know, if you're not GM or Ford, it's very hard to get a new uh, model, you know, get a new make of car around, right? Um, 
So, you know, there's probably tremendous resistance. And, you know, if, if I recall correctly, I think they even met with, you know, government regulars at some point to discuss this. And it seems like after the after I remember reading about that, it seems like they kind of lost interest in it. You know, in the meeting, my very well been, OK, well, if you do this, we're not going to make it easy for you. And of course, that's total speculation. It's total hearsay. But. You know, it's just, this is not a pleasant field to be in, and, and they're going to have nothing but an up, uphill battle the entire way. And if you look at, you know, things like liability, you know, if someone gets in an accident in an Apple car, you know, will Apple be responsible for it? You know, they're going to have to build up all this infrastructure. They're going to have to, uh, you know, have testing facilities and, you know, manufacturing facilities. And, you know, it, it won't be so easy to just build them all in China. And that's probably another thing the government would give them a hard time about, you know, you know despite all the all the stuff we've shipped overseas they're still kind of particular about having cars built here or at least uh you know in the, in north america tesla's building them in california mm-hmm. so if apple's going to build a car they build after all the mac pro in america they would probably build it here the other thing is here is that the only way for a system to work right it would have to share the same scheme in terms of charging as a tesla because you can't have each company put out a different set of charging stations with different technologies. You need to settle on one technology, so they'd have to work with Tesla to use the same kind of charger. Now, that's a very important issue here. You know, it's like you go buy gas, and it doesn't matter where you go. You get premium, you get regular, you get mid-grade, or you get diesel. It's the same, or relatively the same, wherever you go, wherever you live in this country. But if you're having an electric car, the charging station has to be an industry standard. Mm -hmm. You can't have multiple charging stations, because once you do that, more and more charging stations would be available. And then in most places, there'll be a critical mass, especially in larger cities where you don't have to worry about having no place to charge your car. Right. You know, and yeah, and you know, Apple doesn't exactly care for standards when it comes to connectors. You know, I, I can just see now there'd be some sort of dongle you'd have to keep in the trunk to connect to a Tesla charger. <laughs> a g- gigantic lightning plug. <laughs> oh, please. We're gonna have a gigantic break here with Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books, and we're gonna give up on the cars in the next segment. I'm Gene Steinberg, you're in the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. 
I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Hi, my name is Nick Lupo. One World Way has been by far the best protein that I've ever had. I take it three times a day. Once in the morning as soon as I wake, once for a pre-workout snack, and once for a post-workout recovery drink. It has helped me transform and sculpt my body into what I have now. I began taking the product about two years ago, and boy, let me tell you, I'm in the best shape of my life. I've seen major muscle mass gains and have 0% body fat. I have had people at my gym ask if I compete in bodybuilding because of how lean and muscular I am. I used to suffer from everyday aches and pains from hard manual labor my whole life and arthritis that runs to my family. But One World Way has helped me take that everyday pain from a 10 to a 3. Some days I feel no pain at all, just full of life and energy. It has also helped my skin look younger and healthier. Thank you, Synergistic Nutrition, for One World Way. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. Here's a great way for you to support the Tech Night Owl Live. We'd like you to sign up for Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com. That's P-L-U-S dot What do you get, my friend? You get an enhanced version of this show without the network ads, better quality audio, more features to come, and a subscription price is just a few bucks a month. All right? Or a few pounds a month or a few euros, whatever your currency is. I won't do the translations because I think PayPal does that. In any case, go to plus.technightowl.com. 
So with Josh Centers, Managing Editor of Tidbits, we've been talking about Apple Car and the apparent pre-order success of the Tesla 3. But we've got so many other topics to talk about. And there's a story out today quoting the director of the FBI saying that with regard to their ability to unlock an iPhone, the most advanced model was the 5C because the ones that have this secure enclave chip, they can't break into those yet. So is that more of what you expected or less, Josh? Um, you know, I'm surprised they were that honest about it. But, you know, they're probably looking at this from the perspective of how can we convince people in power to help us get our way, which unfortunately for them doesn't seem like it's going too well. The White House has said it's not going to support the legislation in the Senate to force backdoors into products like the iPhone. Congress in general seems to be pretty uh, reticent to pass a law like that. The courts seem to favor Apple more than the FBI in general. You know, the FBI might win a decision here or there, but it seems like they're going to regularly lose an appeal. You know, as far as the Supreme Court goes, they probably had a better chance when Scalia was still on the bench. Unfortunately, he's passed on. So, you know, I would say from Apple's perspective, things look pretty good on that. And if nothing else, Apple has time now to shore up the security on their iPhones so, you know, by the time, you know, if this battle does rear its head again, and I'm sure it will, they'll be better prepared for it. Both, well, and not only in the technical sense, but also in the legal sense, because I'm sure they're still having their lawyers work on this stuff uh, around the clock. This seems to be a very high priority for Apple. So if you're like me and you're concerned about the FBI or whomever get breaking in your phone, for the most part, this is good news. Now, if you have a 5C, it's not great news. And one thing that does remain to be seen, we know the FBI has been demonstrating to some people, uh, for instance, Senator Feinstein, who's, of course, a very big supporter of law enforcement and mass surveillance. We do know the FBI has been demoing that capability of breaking into an iPhone and bypassing security. We know they've been doing that. Uh, whether they'll share with Apple or not, now, they haven't entirely ruled it out, but I'm going to guess that's not a higher priority. You know, I would be pretty confident that Apple's going to figure it out sooner than later. Well, of course, there are clues here. They paid for a third party as a one-time effort to break into that specific iPhone. I guess anyone that doesn't have a secure enclave. Now, that's still going to raise a problem because if the next person of interest, unsub, whatever, has an iPhone 6 or later, or an iPhone SE, the new one, back to the starting gate. Right. You know, and like I said, this buys Apple time. As new iPhones come out, as they revise the software, they can, you know, make things more secure. So so we're kind of in this never-ending arms race right now. But so far, it seems like Apple's on the better end of it. Well, we'll have to see. Obviously, broad legislation in this Congress is not going to get passed. I mean, there are some areas like a crime bill and things like that, a few things that will work. Not that the next administration with a President Clinton, a President Trump, a President Cruz, or whomever, is going to be much different. I mean, other than maybe Bernie Sanders, and he's kind of iffy on the subject, but all of them seem very much in favor of things like mass surveillance and, you know, essentially giving uh, law enforcement whatever power they want. And, and I believe all of them, except maybe Sanders, have sided with the FBI on this. But even when he was asked about it, well, him and Clinton both said, well, there, 
maybe we can find some common ground, which frankly, I, I find to be disingenuous because this is an issue where there is no middle ground. You know, either either the FBI has the back door or they don't. There's no, well, we can give it out here and not give it out there. You know, it just doesn't work that way. I mean, once you have it, and we've seen in this case, you know, once they figured out a way into that one iPhone, the FBI, you know, helped law enforcement in Arkansas unlock another iPhone, and they're going to continue continue to do that you know if you say you're sitting on the fence i'm going to guess you're you're on you're secretly on the fbi side and don't want to talk about it you know unfortunately the only civil libertarian that was in this race well i mean in the major parties was Rand paul and he's long since dropped out so yeah if you're you're hoping for that to distinguish between presidential candidates i'm afraid uh, you're out of luck or as they say rand who <laughs> exactly. Well, you, you know, going back to the Model T, you know what Ford used to say about the Model T? You can have it in any color but black. It's kind of the same situation with presidential candidates. You can have any opinion on mass surveillance and iPhone encryption that you want as long as it's in, on, in the favor of the government. Also bear in mind here that once elected, they move towards a broad center in terms of their plans. I guess Ronald Reagan was possibly an exception, but even then he worked with liberal Democrats. And that's the way it is because the forces and powers that be really, really moderate the more extreme people. They could promise the moon, the stars, and the sun to get you to vote for them. But that gets to be a political thing. I don't want to do that. I really don't want to do that. But at this point, it hints from what the guy from the FBI said that they may want to go back into court and see if they could push Apple to do more. But if the courts aren't friendly, it's just going to be a wasted effort. There we go. Speaking of security, though, there's a piece that Adam wrote in the category of safe computing at Tidbits, and you're involved here (laughs) to some degree. Sure. I I wanted to hear more about this, and the reason is we talk about whether we need malware protection on Macs. I think for the most part you don't. But Apple provides some of that, but you can possibly, by mistake, turn off the ability to auto-install these updates. So the headline is, make sure you're getting OS X security data. So tell us what's going on. And this is something we didn't we were really aware of until it became a problem while back. So there was an issue late February where it happened over a weekend, there was one of these um, stealth security updates that rolled out to people, and it accidentally blacklisted the um, Ethernet config, uh, configuration data uh, for people on people's Macs. So suddenly their Ethernet ports stopped working. Um, so they, they couldn't have wired uh, network connections. And Apple fixed it quickly. I think it was like Sunday night, maybe Monday morning. They had rolled out another update. But we're all kind of left scratching our heads like, well, what is this exactly? So it turns out that part of this system protection stuff they have in recent versions of OS X, um, well, specifically, um, you know, just to be clear, it's OS, uh, it's uh, El Capitan 10.11, that's system integrity protection. They have certain updates that happen, security updates that happen, that are separate, separate from your typical OS X updates. You know, like they'll release something like OS X security update, 002-06 some you know some weird name like that and you'll see that in the app store you don't see these updates they're completely silent they're completely stealth they only affect deep system files the kind of stuff that you know even the geekiest of us probably will never mess with and 
if you're the kind of person who you don't like your apps to be updated automatically, you don't like you don't want your Mac to automatically update itself, then um, you know maybe you've accidentally turned this off. And so what you do is you go into System Preferences, you open the App Store, open App Store Preferences, and you make sure that it has Install System Data Files and Security Updates checked. Because no matter what, you want to get those. And and yes, I know. I realize I started this off by saying that uh, that very feature broke Ethernet for some people temporarily. But it, uh, it that one small chance of Apple screwing something up pales in comparison to the problems uh, you might have if you don't get these updates. Because it includes things like malware protection, you know, uh, get your gatekeeper configuration data, things like that. And we've seen more and more. Um, attempts at malware attacks on the Mac. Let's talk about this more in a moment. This is the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Dr. Joel Wallach here. If you're a baby boomer and you're worried about the big epidemics coming, and I'm not talking about the bird flu or the swine flu, I'm talking about epidemics of Alzheimer's disease, heart disease, obesity, diabetes, arthritis, cancer. That's because the 80 million baby boomers followed all the advice of doctors, and uh-oh, Houston, we have a problem. See Dr. Wallach live in Little Rock, Arkansas, Saturday, May 14th, 1 p.m. Go to www.cdocinarkansas.com. That's cdocinarkansas.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. 75 years ago, America suffered one of the worst moments in American history. 
the attack on Pearl Harbor. Now you can remember December 7, 1941, with the purchase of the first-ever 75th anniversary Pearl Harbor Legal Tender Solid Gold Coin from the U.S. Money Reserve. Call 1-800-490-3200 right now for the official 75th anniversary Pearl Harbor Legal Tender Gold Coin from the U.S. Money Reserve, the only company authorized to distribute these 100% solid gold coins. Remember Pearl Harbor with this limited official gold release. 1-800-490-3200 or online at usmoneyreserve.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books is here, and we're talking about the fact that Apple is giving you malware protection, but it's very easy to turn off the updates. Too easy, right? Right. I think for most people, you probably don't even mess with the setting. But if you've went in there and monkeyed with it, well, I mean, even if you haven't, just go in there to check, make sure that uh, you have not turned off that setting, which, again, under system preferences in App Store settings, uh, make sure you have install system data files and security updates checked. That will update things like, um, he has a list here but it's, uh, on tidbits, but it's things like Gatekeeper, um, incompatible kernel extensions where someone could make like a fake kernel extension and take over your computer, things like that. And we've seen recently, we actually have seen some legitimate malware attacks against the Mac now. Um, nowhere as bad you, you know, as, as it is on Windows. I'm, I get the sense Windows security is a lot better now, but... You know, the Mac has become more of a target. And while I do believe OS X has excellent security, it, it's, no, it's not perfect. No computer security is perfect. Um, anyone who says they have perfect compu- computer security is lying to you. Either that or they just don't have their computer connected to a network at all. Um, so uh, you want to make sure you get those updates, you know, because, I, and this is part of the reason why OS X has good security, because Apple keeps up with this stuff. Um, and, and they add to it automatically. Of course, you want to make sure Gatekeeper is enabled. That's also in system preferences. Um, and that can be a bit of a pain sometimes. Like if you download an app that you know isn't signed by Apple, but all you have to do is control click it to open it. Um, I've had to do that for a lot of the actually a lot of the apps we cover in, in the the Apple TV book. But um, yeah, you want to make sure you take advantage of those things. And if you compare it to um, you know, a lot of the active malware stuff um, you usually have to run on Windows. It's a lot less uh, of an encumbrance on the Mac end. Uh, you know, as long as you have Gatekeeper on, you're getting those updates, your Mac is pretty secure. Except that I think Apple makes it too easy to disable some of those things. 
I think the mistake is Apple doesn't describe the check mark very well, and they haven't really described this update system very well. And furthermore, there's no way to do these updates manually, or at least not an easy way. What you can do, um, if you do go to tidbits, you check into the safe computing section, and uh, the uh, well, actually, right now it's it's the top article on the front page. Uh, make sure you're getting OS 10 security data. Um, there is a way to update manually, but essentially, it would mean turning the checkbox off then turning it back on, running a terminal command to force a refresh and installation if there's anything new, and then turning the setting back off. Frankly, um, unless you have a very specific reason for doing that, I do not recommend doing that. I recommend keeping it on. Um, I mean, frankly, I keep all my updates on, all you know, app updates, system updates, all that, and I, I just keep everything up to date. Um, I realize that's not possible for some people because sometimes you have to worry about an update breaking something, but I, I'm a tech writer. I, I kind of live on the edge anyway. But you know, that, that, that's generally what I do, and you know, that keeps you you know pretty secure. Also, when things are broken by updates, it more often happens with iOS than with a Mac. Even then, if you look at the update problems that Microsoft has had with Windows. I mean, there are a bunch of updates there where it kind of bricks your PC. You know, it causes constant rebooting. It won't boot properly. So it can get pretty shaky over there. I mean, Apple could do better, but it's not as bad as Windows. You look at the history. Look at the various patches from Windows. Look up troublesome Windows patches and see what you find out. Right. Well, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things when you get so many users, you know, and you try to push out automatic updates, those updates are not always going to work. It's an unfortunate thing. I mean, until we have totally, I mean, even a lot, totally locked down system like iOS, uh, you still have app and even system updates that can be botched. So, but, you know, the, the counter end of that is you miss important security updates and someone could hack your system. So between the choice, I guess, I guess I'll take the first choice every time, right? You know, at least it's an honest error instead of somebody maliciously, uh, you know, taking root of your system. Now, just to give you an example of what happens on Windows, headline here from PC World Magazine, which is a sister magazine to Macworld. Patch Tuesday Windows Security Update rendered Outlook unusable for many. That goes back to last November. So, therefore, it rendered the email app used by a lot of people on the Windows platform crash-prone. So, that alone is worse than most Mac updates ever. Yeah. As far as iOS updates, there have been a couple that have been kind of crazy. There had to be a second version of iOS 9.3 because some of the older iPads and iPhones ran into problems with activation. But right. Apple well, fixed that pretty quickly. Yeah, if you forgot your Apple ID password, which if you take our advice and use a password manager, <laughs> should, should never happen to you. Although we had one guy who said, look, I don't, I don't use any of these Apple online services. I don't know my password because I don't want any of this stuff, and, and I got stuck with it. So, okay, fair enough. That's kind of an unusual situation nowadays. But overall, I think if you just kind of let Apple install this stuff, especially on a Mac, it'd be more safe. Because the Mac being a more open platform than iOS would be susceptible to more problems. And therefore, let Apple do its thing. It shouldn't destroy your computer. And if there's a problem, Apple usually fixes it pretty quickly, real quickly. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, right with the with the uh, security update that broke Ethernet. I mean, it was fixed. You know, by the end of the weekend. You know, I think for most users, okay, didn't have your your wired internet connection, but you know. M- all modern Macs have Wi-Fi, so surely you could use Wi-Fi for a little bit. And it wasn't, you know, I think for most people, it wasn't that big of a deal. So, yeah, you know, I like I said, you know, if you, if you weigh the pros and cons of both, I would go with the automatic updates every time. Okay. And he's a power user, but still, there's the point. Let's move to some other topics. Apple TV. All right. You've got a new edition or version of the book. What's changed? So the book has more or less been rewritten from the ground up to to cover the fourth generation Apple TV, which was released in November. And um, we've actually been I've actually been working on the book since before then. Apple was kind enough to send me a development unit that I could start um, documenting right away. Um, and, And part of the reason it took so long for the book to come out, we actually held the book for back a few weeks because of this tvOS 9.3 update, which was such an important update that I felt it was worth delaying the book because in a lot of ways, um, tvOS 9.3 is like a 1.0. It added a lot of features that I felt should have been there from the start. Um, For instance, text dictation. You know, you can um, now speak your passwords and search phrases and things into text fields. Um, Another very important thing, Bluetooth keyboard support. Um, uh, Mac kit support, one of those kind of odd features I think has a lot of promise to it. Um, and there's a new app switcher. Folders, very important thing. Um, you can now create and manage folders on the home screen, which is good because I, you know, at one point I had several hundred apps installed on my Apple TV and I, it took me forever to scroll through them all. So a lot of very important stuff in this update, which uh, we do cover in the book and we actually have a special page just for the 9.3 stuff. So if you get this book and you know, I already have Apple TV, I don't need to read all this, but you want to know what's new in 9.3, and uh, how to best take advantage of that. It's all there for you. Um, so we cover uh, we cover the Siri remote, which of course is uh, you know a very big thing with the Apple TV. You know how to use um, how to use that. We give some uh, little shortcuts for things. I'll just give you an example, of something you learned about in the book. Um, of course, you know uh, you can swipe the touchpad on the Siri remote to uh, to. Um, scrub through content. Well, actually, 9.3, you have to first pause the content because so many people were swiping it accidentally, myself included. The Apple changed it, so you have to pause now. But um, something you can do that I didn't realize until I started really digging into this is that you can press the left or right side of the touchpad on the Siri remote, and you can jump back or forward by 10 seconds. You don't have to pause before doing that. So you can just click and go back 10 seconds and keep doing that if you need to. You can also, if you press and hold either side of the touchpad, oops, I just accidentally turned my Apple TV on <laughs> here on my desk. If you do that, you can uh, fast forward and rewind the old fashioned way if you'd like. Um, of course, uh, one of the big things with this new Apple TV is the App Store. I have an entire chapter dedicated to uh, app recommendations. I actually have a subsection um, because a lot of these require a cable activation. And, and, you know, it's always this deal where you have to go to a special URL and enter a code. Well, I have all those hyperlinks. I went through and documented all the ones I knew about. I put those hyperlinks in the book. So if nothing else, this book may be worth it for you. If you have to activate a bunch of cable channels in your Apple TV and you don't have to type in all these URLs, you can just tap them in the book. It'll take you out to Safari. You enter the code on the screen and you're done. We're going to be done with this segment. (laughs) We've got Josh Sanders of Tidbits and Take Control Books. We're talking about Apple TV. 
More to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Apple TV all the time. Nah, nah, nah. I still have my third generation Apple TV. I haven't felt the need to get the fourth generation. And one reason, other than I have other things to spend money on, is the fact that I use Apple TV for two purposes. To rent a movie from iTunes or Netflix. So I could watch Daredevil and I could watch House of Cards or similar shows. That's it. So I don't really need a new Apple TV, do I? Um, No, I mean, if your needs are pretty simple. And, you know, I'll tell you what, right now in our living room, we have the third generation Apple TV hooked up because I've had the fourth generation model here in my office hooked up to my monitor while i've been working on the book so uh you know as a family we haven't even really been able to use the apple tv very the new apple tv very much because i've, I've had to have it here on my desk for documentation purposes so i mean if your needs are really simple like netflix and i you know just itunes stuff um yeah the old apple tv is fine the new one adds a lot of stuff that i i think is good you know there are more content choices you know in the app store I think the series stuff is fantastic. It had kind of a rough start, 
but it really does make things easier now. You know, now you can search for music, you can search for apps. That's a couple of things that didn't work out of the box, and, and now that's been added. You know, I will say that I've had to re- restore and set up Apple TV as many times, both the third generation and the fourth generation. And the way the fourth generation is set up now, it's so much easier than it's ever been because, you know, you have the automatic setup with iOS, which is supported by the old one too, but you also have dictation. So, and, the, and it works surprisingly well for entering passwords. I was, you know, I'm kind of skeptical about any kind of voice to text stuff, but it works really well in the Apple TV. I, I think what the Apple TV is at right now, I think it's really hit the point where it's finally starting to feel like a mature product, which honestly, it, it should have felt this way from the start. It was a bit rushed to market. Where it is now, I'm hoping that it gets more traction. You know, there's a lot of apps in the App Store already, but I'm hoping it really starts picking up a lot of developer traction and, and getting some more interesting stuff. And we've seen a lot of experimentation with it. And there's a lot of really cool apps, and I, I list a bunch of them in the book. One of them, Plex, I talk about. I have a whole subchapter dedicated to Plex and setting that up, which uh, Plex is a way to manage your media. It's like a media server and client, which, which has a lot of really cool features. So that, you know, that's one thing we see already with this new um, Apple TV as a platform. You know, Things like Plex, there was a hack for the old Apple TV. You could ha- kind of hack a client in there, but it uh, just wasn't the same thing, right? It just didn't work as well as like an actual official client. Of course, you have some gaming on the Apple TV. Um, I don't really think that's a strong suit, but um, there are some neat titles on there. Uh, you know, developers are finding neat things to do with it. You know, and we're seeing, you know, more and more mainstream apps coming to it. You know, a couple last minute things I added to the book that just came out, the iHeartRadio app, which lets you listen to uh, radio stations from around the world in real time, as well as podcasts and things like that. Um, the Stars app, which actually it's really interesting. Uh, Stars is just, uh, the cable channel has just announced its own standalone subscription service for cord cutters and you get this one app and you can you know if you subscribe through a cable provider you can activate it through the same app uh i think it's 8.99 per month you can subscribe to stars and so if you watch something like um they have some good shows in there like outlander ash versus evil dead you can subscribe for a couple months or so no obligation watch those um and it looks like a really slick app i added some stuff about that to the book so um of course you have hbo um you know both hbo go which is um you activate through your cable provider and hbo now which you uh pay for separately you know there's all kinds of sports apps you know you could watch at least technically you could watch the super bowl with the apple tv i think i think cbs kind of uh dropped the ball on the server in there so there's a lot of really neat stuff coming. Um, you know, there are still a few things missing app-wise. I would like to see. I would like to see a Spotify app. I would like to see a Sling TV app. Uh, I would very much like to see an Amazon Video app for the Apple TV. Finally, you know, but, that's a topic I want to get into. Amazon. Amazon okay. doesn't sell Apple TV. They sell their own, pretty much. Oh, by the way, I have to say how disappointed I am about Amazon, they have something now called Amazon Prime same-day delivery, free same-day delivery. I am one zip code beyond their border. Mm. If I was in one zip code closer to Phoenix, I could get same-day delivery. Yeah, that's, it's, a, that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I know it's available in Nashville, and I have friends that use it all the time. But uh, yeah, I'm a little outside that area, so unfortunately, uh, I don't have that option. Which but is too bad. The thing that bothers me here is what is Amazon's problem not to carry Apple TV? 
I don't even think they carry Roku. Let's just take a look here. Roku. Yeah, I think they dropped. I know they dropped Chromecast. Well, they have the Roku through. Yeah, they do show Roku. Right. Well, the, aren't they partners, the Roku, or at least used to be? Yeah, they have the 4K unit, and that's that's fairly new. So You don't have a 4K TV set, do you? I do. I actually bought one for the book because I needed something with um, uh, HDMI CEC. But the, the funny thing is I have yet to watch any 4K content because the apps built in the TV, the Amazon one doesn't do 4K. 4K content's included with Prime, which I do have, but the, the app doesn't support it. I probably will upgrade because, okay, so the Netflix app on, on my TV supports 4K, but I haven't upgraded because I had the grant, the old grandfathered was $8.99 price, and that's going to go up next month. So I won't have to worry about the grandfathered price, so I guess I'll upgrade to the next tier to get 4K content and see what that looks like. Although my understanding is is that 4K streamed content looks about the same as a 1080p Blu-ray disc. So it kind of seems like a ripoff to me. Um, and, of course, the um, the new Apple TV, unfortunately, does not support 4K. Um, and, you know, so then my choices would be if I want to see 4K right now, I'd have to get a Roku 4K unit, which I'm looking at it here is 136 bucks, Or I could get a... Um, the new Fire TV. I have the first gen- generation, but the second generation does 4K, and that's 85 bucks, which is, um, you know, that's reasonable. But I just, I don't need another streaming box in my house. Um, you know, I've already got a Fire TV, a uh, an Apple TV. If I, if I buy anything, I'd buy a Roku just to have the variety, right? So, a very, very roundabout way of answering your question. Yes, I have a 4K TV, but I, I have yet to watch 4K content on it. Okay. What size display on the 4K TV? Uh, it's uh, 49 inches, so I probably won't get a lot of that anyway. Well, it's not going to make a difference unless you're really close to that set. A 49-inch TV at a normal viewing distance, you will not see the advantage. Now, where you will see advantages if you have a 4K TV with the various schemes of premium or HDR color, where the color gamut is wider. But even then, that tends to be the mid-price and more expensive 4K sets. If you got something that's like the D series from Vizio, which is what eight nine hundred dollars. Yeah, mine doesn't have that. And frankly, I don't know. I, I'm a little skeptical about HDR on the TV. I I look at you know it just just for me, you know, I do watch 4K uh, 60 frames per second content on my 5K 5K iMac on youtube and that to me just looks beyond weird so i can't imagine how much weirder it would look with hgr attached to it (laughs) this is certainly something where i worry about 4k and that is the fact that most people who have 4k sets they're going to buy the cheaper sets without the advanced color gamut unless it's a fairly large screen they're not going to see the difference right well i mean i I don't think most people honestly can tell the difference between 720 and 1080 and you know it wasn't until now maybe three or four years ago i still saw people watching standard definition stuff on their on their big screen 1080p sets and and they didn't think twice about it i don't think most people i mean i guess maybe younger people i guess if you if you grew up watching 1080p maybe if you grew up watching 4k you'll come to expect that and anything less will look crappy but i don't I get the sense that most people don't really notice those differences. And, you know, I mean, I watch 4K and it, it looks cool, but it doesn't look that much better than 1080p. It is, I mean, you know, I, here I am with a 4K set and I could spend a little bit of money 
and watch 4K. I don't feel compelled to. You know, I mean, now, now that Netflix is raising the price no matter what, I guess I'll try out the 4K content on Netflix, but I, I don't feel a big need to rush and, you know, dive into that. You know, I mean, if it, if it comes as a freebie or it comes, you know, I mean, even the set I bought, I wasn't even intending to buy a 4K set. It just happened. That was the best deal at the time. Let's do our break. Okay. More on 4K, Apple TV, and more on the Tech Night Out Live. Hey there, Night Owl listeners. Are you frustrated by all those passwords you need to remember? Do you use the same password for multiple sites? Well, now there's a better way. RoboForm, an award-winning password manager that makes your life easier and more secure. With RoboForm, you'll never need to remember or type your passwords again. It's easy to use. It's completely secure. And best of all, listeners, you can use it free. Just go to RoboForm.com tech. That's RoboForm.com tech. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 pain relief hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. 
Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. A good stove is at the top of the list for any serious survivalist. That's why you have to see the full range at Emberlit.com. Simple, elegant, but extraordinarily efficient. Available in titanium or stainless steel, the Emberlit line of stoves are ultralight, pack flat, and work great. Fueled only by sticks and debris. From emergency situations to long-term survival, Emberlit stoves are up to the task. Emberlit, the most convenient, easy-to-carry wood stoves on the planet. See them all at Emberlit.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We have... Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books. We're focusing very, very heavily on Apple TV now and 4K, and he's going to try to get a hold of what is in our Roku box or use the Amazon Fire TV to see 4K. I kind of think with the set you have, unless you look at a really short distance, you will not see anything better. Maybe it'll be a little cleaner than 1080p. The on-demand stream is pretty heavily compressed. Right. I think when 4K is going to take off, I think when much larger television sets become much more affordable, when when you're able to buy, let's say, you know, 65-inch TV set for 500 bucks that's 4K, I think, you know, that at that point, you'll probably start being able to see a difference. You know, when you can buy, I don't know, 70, 80-inch TV for a reasonable price, you know, then 4K, I think, will become a lot more desirable as a whole. But, you know, part of the problem with these increases in resolution is it's not just the display. You have to have an ecosystem around it. You know, if you have a 4K display, but none of your, none of your movies are 4K, then what's the difference to you, right? Um, if anything, it'll make your older stuff look a little crappier. The reason is they're doing interpolation. Right. They'll interpolate the picture. To right. fit on a 4K set. Now, probably with the set you have, and you haven't told us the brand name. Vizio. Okay, you have a Vizio. This is an M series, maybe? Yeah, I think so. Something okay. like that. It's like MC, something like that. A Vizio M series, by the way, is an excellent set. And I recommend it. I have a Vizio, an old E series here. And just a very good set. The only thing that bothers me with LCD is you don't get the same viewing angle as you did with... That old format plasma that nobody remembers anymore. <laughs> but otherwise, Vizio always gets pretty high ratings for their sets, and they tend to be a little cheaper than others. And they seem to have a good reputation as a company. We've had them on the show, by the way, but they don't advertise with us. But again, I tend to recommend them. And the M series got really, really good reviews. The 2015 M series. I haven't seen the review for the 2016 M series where they give you kind of a rudimentary HDR color and they give you a tablet as an alternative to a remote control plus iOS and Android apps. That's for the new N series and also the P series. 
just to clarify, mine is indeed an M series. It's a uh, let's see, M forty nine C to be specific, which uh, appears to be out of stock right now <laughs> on Vizio.com. But yeah, it's an excellent TV. I I have to say I've really liked my Vizio. You know, and I always thought they were kind of an off brand, but actually they're based right here in the United States. Like the menus are good, the remote's excellent. There's actually a keyboard built in the back of the remote, so it makes it really easy to uh, enter usernames, passwords, uh, do searches, things like that, um, in the smart apps. So the reason it's yeah. out of stock, by the way, is it's been discontinued. Oh, okay. All right, that you have the 2015. It was about six hundred dollars from Vizio. Yeah, I got mine for about five hundred from Walmart, so so I got a good deal on that. Right, and it is. I wouldn't hesitate to recommend them. Vizio is one of the top makers of flat panel TVs. You know, you think they must be an off brand or something. It's not. It's a major company. Right. The only thing I don't like about Vizio is the the TV stands. They they use instead of using a pedestal kind of stand, they use legs that stick out. And so if you're whatever you set your TV on isn't particularly wide, then that really limits your TV size. And that's part of the reason I only got a 49 inch. I wanted like a 55, 60 inch, but I would have to spend a lot more on a TV that also had um, a pedestal stand that kind of stand, you know, sits in the middle so it could sit on my TV stand. So that's the only thing I don't like about it. But, you know, there, there's ways around that if you really want to. But yeah, excellent TV, superb TV. I, I would recommend a Vizio to anyone. We also got a Vizio, a surround sound um, soundbar system, and that's excellent too. The only problem is sometimes it stops producing. Uh, occasionally, it'll, no, no sound will come out of it, and I'd have to turn it off and back on. But you know, other than that, I mean, just excellent stuff all the way around. I don't like having the pedestals at the edges of the set. And in my case, it's because I have a sound base, not a sound bar. Mm-hmm. So it's like a separate base for the TV set. And the pedestals are too wide. It's not going to work right. Right, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, it just depends on your preferences. You know, one thing I do like about having the legs instead of a pedestal is that it, it fits the sound bar in there really well. So, you know, the, the whole system goes together really nicely. Okay, we're going to have probably a representative from Vizio in a few weeks we'll talk more about. It. Let's just leave that. Now, we get back to this thing here that the Apple TV software now has, you know, a lot of the key features that were lacking from the original version. Apple produced a product without support for 4K. Were they awaiting more uniform standards for enhanced color? You know, I think they were just looking at the current market and saw most people had at most 1080p and just, you know, went with that and makes things easier on the software end. It makes things, uh, you know, just easier all the way around, you know, because if you look at, you know, if, if you did everything in 4K, um, you know, you're doing everything in HDR, all that, then you know, that's going to take a lot more processor performance, you know, and, and there's already a lot of stuff unfinished out of the box. So, you know, stuff like that. I think just kind of took a back seat. Um, I think, you know, if they come out with a new Apple TV the next year or two, I I think it should definitely have 4K on it. It'll be curious if they don't. But, you know, I I don't think a lot of places see it as a priority right now. It's more of a future-proofing thing. But, you know, yeah, I mean, until we, we really see what the 4K landscape is going to look like, what's the point? Well, I see here more and more affordable 4k sets are out as you notice when you bought your new vizio m series more and more affordable 4k sets are out as a result more people will buy them when they need to replace their set 
It's just going to be there. And within a year or two, except for the really, really cheap models, it's going to be 4K anyway, just by virtue of the availability and the price. Right. So the TV industry has made that commitment. We have the 4K Blu-ray players this year, by the way. All right? So that's another way to bring it out. And I think the final factor is all the streaming services need to embrace it. And maybe this fall, Apple will say, you know, right now we get into 4K. Because Apple doesn't always deliver a feature first. They wait for it to be perfected, to be improved. Here's another thing to consider, too, is all these ISPs like Comcast rolling up bandwidth caps. And it's already difficult enough with 1080p content to stay within those bandwidth caps if you watch much Netflix or streaming content. So 4K only makes that worse. So that might be the big roadblock to 4K content, you know, unless we start going back to discs. So, you know, that, that maybe have to be something that works that gets worked out before anything else. Well, I know Cox has increased the bandwidth cap on the higher-end tiers for Internet to 2 terabytes. So, you know, maybe there's hope for us. Josh Centers, where do we find more of your stuff? Uh, you can buy my book, uh, Take Control of Apple TV Version 2, at TakeControlBooks.com. Uh, my articles are on Tidbits.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at JCenters. Josh Centers, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profits. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. 
We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. Remember Pearl Harbor. Now you can buy, for the first time ever, the 75th anniversary Pearl Harbor legal tender solid gold coin from the U.S. Money Reserve. Call 1-800-329-6700 right now or go online to usmoneyreserve.com. 1-800-329-6700. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Kirk McElhern from Kirkville and also from Macworld joining us. And we're going to start with a security issue because there's an article from Peter Cohen that you link on your site. And this comes up because there's a new exploit, kind of a zero-day exploit, involving Adobe Flash. And of yep, course... Another one. Another one. Yet another Flash problem. And so you link to an article from our friend Peter Cohen. Can you explain what the latest exploit is? Um, apparently it's a sort of a ransomware thing. So if ransomware is this thing where, where malware comes on your computer and it encrypts your your personal files, like your documents folder. And the only way you can get them back is to pay ransom, and then you get a code which allows you to unencrypt them. These are really well-organized criminals because they have like um, toll-free helplines and everything. They take credit card and PayPal and all. It's, it's a huge business, and it generates a lot of money. Basically, if it's, they weren't criminals... They'd be organized like a regular business. Of course, some people think that regular businesses are criminal enterprises too, the large ones. Yeah, well, that's let's not go there. But the issue is that it exploits a vulnerability in Adobe Flash. And tons of web pages use Flash. You could use it to play videos, but Flash is sometimes even used for things as simple as just displaying some text. 
there, there's a sort of a typography kit or something in Flash. I got rid of Flash a while ago. I use Google Chrome whenever I need a web browser that requires Flash for websites that haven't gotten rid of Flash because Chrome comes bundled with Flash, but it's sandboxed in a way that you wouldn't be affected by this sort of vulnerability. So Peter's article basically says, here's how to uninstall Flash on your Mac. And he mentions, you know, you can use Google Chrome. So if you come across a page where you absolutely can't view content without Flash, then I go to Chrome, you know, copy the link, go to Chrome, open the page, and I do it there. Now, this is funny. Some of the TV networks here have on-demand video streams online. So a couple of weeks ago, we had a power outage here. Power was out for nine hours because an underground cable was broken. So the next day, I decided to watch a couple of the shows I missed. So I went to CBS to watch whatever they had, and they used a Flash player. I couldn't believe it. In 2016, the largest broadcast network in America is using Flash? I think it's because they're just... It's inertia. They they started using Flash when they started streaming on the web, and they're still using it. Um, Interestingly, Netflix doesn't. Netflix uses Microsoft Silverlight. I'm not sure what Amazon does. Um, um, They obviously use something that's not Flash because, I mean, there there are other things you can do. You can use HTML5, which is a way that video is automatically displayed in the browser without a plugin. And it's very possible that that's what Amazon's using or even that that's what Netflix is using. A while back, Netflix was using Silverlight. I'm on the Netflix page now, and I'm not really... I'd, I'd have to like look at the page source and all that to, to figure it out. So We don't think too much of Silverlight, but it has not been plagued by the same level of security problems. It, it hasn't. It, it's, it's a clunky, not very fast kind of plug-in for video, but I rarely recall hearing exploits or, or you know malware issues with Silverlight. I, I honestly don't know if I have Silverlight installed here. So there are two places you would install this on, on a Mac. It would be in your, let's see, your system, library, no, your your top-level library internet plugins folder. And I've got a few things. I've got Google Talk. I've got iPhoto, Java Applet, um, Office Live, Quartz. I do have Silverlight installed. Since 2013, it hasn't been updated. So I'm not sure if it's actually even being used. In fact, I'm going to delete it now, and next time I go to a page that requires it, I will find if I need it. Because, frankly, it's better to get rid of as many of these Internet plugins as possible. Um, it, as I said, it hasn't been installed, updated since 2013, which means maybe there haven't been any exploits, but on the other hand, um, maybe they're just not too quick about updating it. I have another one that says iPhoto Photocast plugin. I wonder what that is. That's from 2010. I wonder if that's still used. I wonder if that's for the old iPhoto um, galleries, did they call them? Do you remember that? Yes, I do. I don't have it. I'm looking over the Internet plugins myself. I see Flash. I haven't deleted Flash, but I did do the update. I have here Adobe PDF Viewer from a couple of years ago. Yes, that gets installed with Adobe Reader, and I make sure to not install that because... If you install Adobe's plugin, then you, it doesn't use Preview to view PDFs, and I prefer using Preview. It's easier. Default browser plugin? 
Yeah, I'm not sure what that is. It's always been there. And, and I think it's that Safari needs a default browser plugin for some reason. That I don't know if it actually does anything, but it's part of OS X. Okay. Now, certainly, Adobe has made some efforts to move dependence away from Flash by even removing the word Flash in their latest software to make web videos. Yeah, what are they calling it now? They've rebranded it. Right, you know, that's an old lesson from Microsoft. If something doesn't sound right or isn't working, you change the name. This is not Adobe a lesson that Apple Animate ever learned. CC. Excuse me? Adobe Animate. Right. And it's, it's got, it's Adobe Animate CC. It's, it's part of the Creative Cloud thing that, um, that Adobe uses for all of its apps now. Um, so Adobe Animate is the new name. And of course, the icon is an A-N instead of an F-L. Um, it's part of an ongoing commitment to, and I quote, evolve to support multiple standards, specifically HTML5. So it's just Flash with a different name. Um, okay, so let's look is, at... The thing, is, the thing is, Flash was very useful back in the day. Um, it was the first sort of tool that really had rich animations, and there was a big development community around Flash. You know, early websites, what, 15 years ago, a lot of them used Flash. You could play games, you could display videos, you could have music. Um, I, I think we've discussed a number of times, I'm a classical music fan, and I find it interesting that if I go to a website of a classical performer, most of their websites are built around Flash. So it seems like a group of developers back in the day, started making these sites with Flash because they figured it allows them to play music, display videos and photos, and they're still doing it. And, and it's really a mistake. If you're out there and you're thinking of making any kind of a website, avoid Flash because so many people are uninstalling it um, and it doesn't work on iOS that you'll really lose a lot of traffic. I have one site with one Flash video and one Flash illustration and I'm having the site redesigned. So it will no longer support Flash. That's my remaining Flash. Otherwise, my Flash has been flushed out. Yeah. Well, you know, I iOS was the big nail in the coffin. The fact that iOS won't display Flash means that all these websites simply wouldn't work on Flash. Now, some of them do fall back to HTML5 if they're well-designed, but it's not always the case. Um, there are websites I go to where it says you must have the, the Adobe Flash plugin, and you know, I'm looking on my iPhone or my iPad, and obviously it's kind of funny because you can't install a plugin on an iPhone or an iPad. Well, that's one way of enforcing a particular standard. In any case, we've got much, much more to come. We have Kirk McElhern joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. We're in the Tech Night Out Live, and don't forget that we have an enhanced version of this radio show with a special subscription program called Tech Night Out Plus. You get ad-free. You get higher quality audio. Kirk sounds even better than he does now. Check it out at plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. More to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. A good stove is at the top of the list for any serious survivalist. That's why you have to see the full range at Emberlit.com. Simple, elegant, but extraordinarily efficient. Available in titanium or stainless steel, the Emberlit line of stoves are ultralight, pack flat, and work great. Fueled only by sticks and debris. From emergency situations to long-term survival, Emberlit stoves are up to the task. Emberlit, the most convenient, easy-to-carry wood stoves on the planet. See them all at Emberlit.com. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Are you worried about how dangerous the world has become? In these days of terrorist attacks, natural disasters, or even a future collapse, you need to be medically prepared to keep your family safe. I'm Joe Alton, MD of store.doomandbloom.net, where you'll find an entire line of uniquely designed medical kits and supplies for when help is not on the way. For everything from individual first aid kits to the ultimate family medical bag, go to store.doomandbloom.net today. That's store.doomandbloom.net. You'll be glad you did. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. 75 years ago, America suffered one of the worst moments in American history, the attack on Pearl Harbor. Now you can remember December 7th, 1941, with the purchase of the first ever 75th anniversary Pearl Harbor legal tender solid gold coin from the U.S. Money Reserve. Call 1-800-490-3200 right now for the official 75th anniversary Pearl Harbor Legal Tender Gold Coin from the U.S. Money Reserve, the only company authorized to distribute these 100% solid gold coins. Remember Pearl Harbor with this limited official gold release. 1-800-490-3200 or online at usmoneyreserve.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. 
You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. We have Kirk McElhern. He's joining us to talk about all sorts of current issues in the tech universe. Obviously, the first was the fact that there is a new exploit, ransomware impacting Flash, so ditch Flash or upgrade it. Now, I understand the exploit is predominantly on the Windows platform. There's only been one episode of ransomware on the Mac so far. Yeah, so all of this sort of malware is platform-specific, even though it could probably take advantage of the same exploit on Flash. It's the software that gets installed afterwards. It has to be platform-specific. So for now, it's not a threat to Mac users. Uh, as you say, there was one ransomware for Mac recently, but this particular thing isn't a threat, but it's just a reminder of how dangerous it is to have Flash on your computer. So much for security. Let's just leave it there. Let's move to another topic here. All right. And that is, there's a story that came out Yesterday, quoting the director of the FBI, I don't know if you're following the Apple versus FBI thing, that what they bought, the solution they bought to open this iPhone 5C used by a terrorist doesn't work on later iPhones. I guess with a secure enclave like the iPhone 5S, iPhone 6 series, etc. The latest it works on is like an iPhone 5 or an iPhone 5C. Right. So that tells a lot, doesn't it, even if we don't know the method? We don't know the method, but as you say, the secure enclave thing, which is, I think it's an actual chip on the phone, came in after that. So probably around the 5S, right? The 5C is older than the 5S, if I'm not mistaken. But the 5 It came out around the same time, but it was basically an iPhone 5 with a plastic case. Right. So from the 5S forward, it's a different security structure. And each new model has got stronger and stronger security. So the 6 is going to be stronger than the 5S, and the 6S is going to be stronger than the 5. And presumably the SE is the same as the 6S. The Touch ID sensor on the SE is the same as the 5S, which is slower than the 6S. But the other security chips inside, as far as I remember from what I read, all the other processors and GPUs and chips are the same as in the 6S. Okay, there we go. And in case you're curious, I have one, and I sold my 6S, and I'm very happy to have a smaller phone again. So now you're happy as a clam. You have an iPhone SE. You get back most of the features of the iPhone 6S with that smaller screen. Okay, we'll talk about the iPhone SE in a moment, but I want to get back to the Apple FBI thing. Supposedly, there is a piece of legislation that is wending its long, circuitous path through Congress. This legislation would force a company like Apple to build a backdoor available to the law enforcement authorities in their equipment. (laughs) So it would be a lot worse than just fighting a court order. This would be a law that they would have to appeal maybe to the Supreme Court, I guess. What's your take on it? Well, didn't we have something like that a few years ago that was called the Clipper Chip? Remember that? Was that in VCRs or DVD players? Um, it was a chipset that was developed and promoted by the NSA as an encryption device with a built-in backdoor intended 
be adopted by telecommunication companies for voice transmissions, or early cell phones. It was announced in 93, and by 96 was entirely defunct. I don't know that anyone ever built lack of adoption. I'm looking on Wikipedia. I don't think any phones were ever built using this chip. Now, this wasn't a law, I don't think. Um, I, I, we'd have to spend a little bit more time to figure this out. But this is not the first time that there have been discussions about putting something in with a back door. Now, the problem is here um, that the logic was, okay, well, we're the only ones with this key. You know that that key is going to leak eventually and that every single device that uses it is going to be um, potentially crackable. So, yeah, I, I can't see something getting through Congress like this because, you know, if you remember when, when this issue first came up, a lot of mostly Republicans said, no, Apple should do this, right? And then Lindsey Graham, who's a pretty hardliner, right-wing Republican from South Carolina, came out and said, well, I've been briefed on this, and now I think Apple shouldn't do this. You know, there's the usual um, political posturing, but I think once these politicians get a better understanding of what all this means, I don't think they'll do something that stupid. Because it, it would, you know, you can imagine um, U.S. exports. So, Let's say Apple is required to put this sort of backdoor chip into the phone. People in other countries and other countries' governments would not want to buy iPhones, and then Apple would export less, and there would be less money coming back to the United States. So it's, it's ethically wrong. It's wrong from a security standpoint, but it's also economically wrong to do something like that. Now, the big question I'd have to ask here is, what are the authorities to do when they're confronted with situations where they need to get the data from a locked smartphone? They're, they just can't do anything. Um, you can't, you know, WhatsApp, um, which is a messaging service, just announced that they've rolled out end-to-end -end encryption. Apparently they started this a few months ago, and they've just finished it. They announced it the other day. iMessage is encrypted. There are all sorts of other encrypted um, chat apps and and voice apps and things like that. Getting access to the data on a smartphone isn't necessarily going to be helpful in the first place. Um, I, there, there's nothing they can do. Basically, there's nothing they can do. It's like if you had something on paper and it burned, there's no way to get it back. You just have to look at it like that. So that is the problem here. So, sometimes our security and privacy trumps the need for law enforcement to get into devices. And, and I think this is a case here, that we have so much information in the devices we carry around with us um, that allowing, if there were some magical way that only law enforcement could get into the devices, then I would say fine. But there isn't, we know it. Whatever, whatever there is that's developed will leak and criminals will get a hold of it. And this creates the dilemma here because it overturns the considerations in terms of getting a search warrant. Because in the past, up until recently, until this problem arose, law enforcement authorities get a search warrant. They can go into your home. Can they force you to open a safe? Uh, I don't know. I really don't know what the, the laws are about that. But I assume they'll find a way to crack that safe if you don't cooperate. Well, you know, they, a safe can be open physically. It, it may take some time, but, you know, a tungsten drill bit or whatever, 
and 12 hours of work and you've got a safe open. It doesn't matter how big it is. You can get into it eventually. So at least that they can get by even if nothing else works. Yeah. And, and they can dig up things in your house and they can, um, they can get into your safe deposit box if you have one, you know, with a warrant. So it, it's true that anything that is computing is a very different story because of the fact that encryption, you know, a, a safe combination, let's say it's three or four or five numbers out of what's 40 or 60. Um, it's really not, there aren't that many variables. Um, I, I guess modern safes use longer passcodes that you type in on a keypad than, than you know, the old combination locks. Um, but still, it, it's a limited number of possibilities. When we're talking about encryption, um, we're talking about the kind of thing that takes tens of thousands of years in a brute force attack. Basically, if you're trying every single um, possible combination of characters, you'd have to try um, Google zillions of, of combinations to find the right one that works. Of course, the terrorist phone used the four-digit encryption, which is 10,000 possibilities, as right. opposed to millions with six digits. Right. Um, because Apple Apple started, well, you could make your own longer passcode before then. It was in the, the security and or touch ID settings or wherever. And with iOS 9, Apple started prompting people to make a six-digit um, passcode. But you can still make an alphanumeric passcode. You could have a 20-character a alphanumeric code, which for each character, instead of there being 10 possibilities from 0 to 9, you have, well... I guess, a few hundred possibilities. You know, if you count uppercase, lowercase, numbers, special characters, symbols, and all that, um, your, your standard ASCII character set is, what, 256 characters. So that makes the, the possibility of an extremely secure passcode that no one could ever guess. And, and we don't yet know how the FBI got into this phone. Was it a brute force attack, which is what they basically wanted apple to try and do or was it taking advantage of some other exploit that we don't know about we'll have more with kirk McElhern on the other side of the tech night out live thank you for listening to gcn be sure to visit gcnlive.com today First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, 
has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to selectquote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all Get Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. So that is the question here. What method did the FBI use to crack open that iPhone 5C? They Did they find a way to just load the flash memory into RAM on some other kind of computer, Mac or PC, and test up to 10 different attempts, and then reload it. That was one trick called NAND mirroring that was suggested, or was it an exploit? Now, a couple of things here. FBI says it's a method that works through the iPhone 5C series. It's something that they did in 26 minutes. That's another thing that's been mentioned. It doesn't sound like a brute force attack. So what you were talking about, NAND mirroring, um, they would copy the memory of the phone into another device, and then they would try nine passcodes, because at the 10th, it may auto-erase. They don't know. I don't think they knew if that was set to auto-erase. And then they would have to copy it again. Now, if it wasn't set to auto-erase, maybe they tried, and they found at the 10th that it didn't auto-erase, and they were able to brute force it from there. So basically going through all of the 10,000 possibilities. If not, it's very possible, if they did it in 26 minutes, the time it would have taken to copy and reset and copy and reset, I mean, this could all be done virtually, but it sounds more like it was an exploit than a brute force attack. Now, supposedly the FBI has briefed members of Congress about the method they use, some. I think the House or Senate Intelligence Committee. Now, this doesn't mean they feel any obligation, whatever, to brief anybody else. But at some point in time, they would owe it to the community, to the public at large. If this is an exploit, let Apple know about it, even though it impacts older hardware. But then maybe just saying it only works for the iPhone 5C gives Apple a clue. Well, it lets Apple rule out certain things because they know what's blocked and and what's not possible on later devices. I think it's really important that uh, the FBI tell Apple about this. Of course, it is a phone that is old, but Apple was selling the 5C just up until a month ago, until the SE came out, weren't they? No, they stopped selling the 5C when the 6S came out. They were selling an iPhone 5S as the cheapest phone. The iPhone SE replaces the 5S. 5S. But before the the iPhone 6S came out, they were still selling the 5C. So it's a phone that people are still using. I I see a lot of them, actually, because it's a a less expensive phone. And you can tell it by the the colored backs uh, that that it has. 
I think it was quite popular because of it being so inexpensive. Well, because of it being less expensive. I wouldn't call it so inexpensive. It wasn't that cheap. Uh, it was more expensive than the iPhone SE. Now, this is interesting here that Apple brought the price down of the iPhone SE to $399, which is $50 less than Apple has ever sold an iPhone 4 before. Does this mean or create the potential that the iPhone 7 that we expect to happen in September will also be $50 cheaper? Yeah, so I think there are, there are two things going on here. Um, one is that Apple needed a cheaper phone because they need to combat declining sales. Not everyone's willing or able to pay the full price for, a, for today what is an iPhone 6. And they needed a 4-inch phone because so many people had um, complained about the fact that the phones were bigger than what they wanted. Now, I don't want to say that Apple did this because Kirk McElhern demanded it. Well, I have written about it a lot, both on my website and on Macworld, but I'm just one of many people who, who raised the question. So um, I, I know some people at Apple read my website, but I don't think that has any effect on their larger strategy. One thing to point out is they released this, it's sort of mid-season. You know, they usually release a new iPhone in the fall, and this is six months, so it's halfway between... Uh, the 6S and, and the iPhone 7 coming out. My guess is that the SE will continue after the iPhone 7 comes out. Perhaps there won't be a 4-inch iPhone 7. Perhaps there will. Um, I'd lean toward there not being a 4-inch iPhone 7, that Apple runs the SE for a while, but then when we get to the iPhone 8 in a year and a half, we'll get back to three sizes. And the, the, the products will align instead of having two separate products. So here we have a different form factor in the in the iPhone SE um, from the six and the six uh, from the success and the success plus. Right, well, but you know what I was thinking same, here. While the innards are for for the most part are the same as the success, even the camera and, and the display and the processor, the form factor itself is very different. So when you show the three models, the SE, the success normal, and the success plus, you can see that they're different. They're not the same family. This doesn't mean Apple has to align the product cycles. It could be that in March of 2017, the iPhone SE's successor comes out. This gives them another little boost during a time when the sales tend to be lower. This gives a slight boost to sales, having a more frequent product cycle. Remember, Macs aren't introduced just once per year. You usually have a spring cycle. That may happen any time now, maybe with a MacBook Air or something, and you have a fall cycle. So why not do that with the iPhone and maybe even with the iPad? Yeah, well, the iPad, the, the recent iPad update is the first in a year and a half-ish. Well, it's the first for the standard mainstream iPad. Yeah, yes. the, the Mac isn't updated on any regular frequency. Um, but you tend to see a spring-related update and a fall-winter no. update. You know, you tend well, to no, see, like, a new iMac might come out in October, whereas, like, yeah, a MacBook so Air or a MacBook Pro will come out, like, April, May. Yeah, I think the laptops are more often, and, and we can check this in just a second, laptops are more often around the summer because this is for people preparing to buy them for school. So if you look at, um, oh, let's look at a MacBook Pro. The latest MacBook Pro came out in May 2015, March 2015, July 2014, October 2013, February 2013. So it's really not much of a, uh, a regular schedule there. 
Um, the MacBook Air came out March 2015, April 2014, June 2013, June 2012. But the first one came out in January. And the second one came out in October. So I, it's the laptops are more for to get them out in time for people going back to school. Um, the desktop computers, they tend to be more for the Christmas season, don't they? All right. This tends to be the same point that there are multiple Mac upgrade cycles. Forgetting yes, which month they have. There are multiple cycles. And a lot of times they align with the availability of new chips from Intel. Right. And, and, but they're not imposed by, by third parties. So um, carriers want to have new phones once a year because it makes it easier for them with their contracts. Of course, the whole two-year contract thing is changing. Um, so this might bring some more flexibility into that as well. Um, but this has never been the case with Macs. As you say, a lot of it has to do with new processors. So we'll have to see how the cycle works. Now, I know a lot of the carriers in the United States no longer have the two-year cycle. AT&T has something called AT&T Next, which allows you to upgrade your smartphone every 18 months, and I think you only pay the sales tax on the purchase. But it's still technically a two-year deal. Because after two years, you own the phone. You've bought it out. Oh, it's not the one where you have to return and exchange the phone. Yes, you do after 18 months. But after two years... Uh, if you keep it for two years, then. If you keep it for two years, you've paid it off and it's yours. Got it. Okay. okay and so, so Apple has a similar thing where you can upgrade after 12 months. Um, and what we've seen is Apple has requested permission to sell used iPhones in India. So apparently what they're going to do is they're going to refurbish these phones that people in um, richer countries buy and use for a year and then sell them um, to countries like India and perhaps China as well. Changing the cycle. We'll have to see, of course, how the iPhone SE impacts sales and whether that becomes a good strategic marketing technique here. You know, introduce something to give it a little bit of a boost midway through the product cycle. In this case, you're filling a need because people want a cheaper iPhone. They want four inches. I don't want four inches, but they did this for Kirk McElhern. They did. I'm very happy that I have a phone that's the right size now. And Kirk will explain more on the other side of the Tech Night Out Live. I'm Gene Steinberg. Hey there, Night Owl listeners. Are you frustrated by all those passwords you need to remember? Do you use the same password for multiple sites? Well, now there's a better way. RoboForm, an award-winning password manager that makes your life easier and more secure. With RoboForm, you'll never need to remember or type your passwords again. It's easy to use. It's completely secure. And best of all, listeners, you can use it free. Just go to RoboForm.com tech. That's RoboForm.com tech. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. December 7th. 
1941, a date which will live in infamy. 75 years ago, America suffered one of the worst moments in American history, the attack on Pearl Harbor. Now you can remember December 7th, 1941, with the purchase of the first ever 75th anniversary Pearl Harbor legal tender solid gold coin from the U.S. Money Reserve. Call 1-800-490-3200 right now for the official 75th anniversary Pearl Harbor legal tender gold coin from the U.S. Money Reserve, the only company authorized to distribute these 100% solid gold coins. Remember Pearl Harbor with this limited official gold release. 1-800-490-3200 or online at usmoneyreserve.com. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. As if chlorine in our water weren't bad enough, now they're adding ammonia? It's true. Some municipalities are now adding ammonia plus chlorine to your water supply. It's a disinfectant called chloramine. But with a trusted Big Berkey water filter, you can keep chloramine out of your water. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show EPA Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria and viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification. And our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Kirk McElhern. And we're talking about the iPhone SE. Did you get yourself a iPad Pro, the 9.7-inch version yet? I did. And I got a pencil. I hadn't been thinking of it, but it was like I realized I could hand down my iPad Air to my partner who was using a, uh, an iPad 3. So that sort of gave me the excuse to get one. The pencil. You hadn't had the pencil before, like on a 12.9-inch iPad Pro? No, I, I never bought the 12.9. It was far too expensive. Okay. 
So um, what do you think about the Apple Pencil? Are you a drawing type? I am not a drawing type, but I, I just like the sort of... I like the idea of being able to write. And, and I've actually been using an app. I wrote an article on my website about an app called GoodNotes, which allows you to write and also does can do handwriting recognition. I have terrible handwriting. And in my tests, as long as I kept it from being too chicken scratchy, it was able to basically OCR my handwriting. Now, I'm not going to write an article on the iPad, but I'm finding it really intriguing to write and to use the pencil. For instance, um, every time I write an article for Macworld, after it gets laid out on Macworld's content management system, an editor sends me a PDF, and I have to go through and proofread it and mark it up for any typos or changes I want to make. And I'm finding this really interesting to not do this on my computer with a typewriter, but to sit and do it with my iPad and a pencil. And I know this sounds cheesy. It's not a big deal, but it is somewhat more, it's not analog, but it's a little bit more tactile. And, and anything that can get me away from what I'm used to doing, uh, I think is interesting. You know, changing what you do in your job, even if it's small things, is, is a good thing to do. I used to obviously edit with a pencil or a pen in the old days, up through probably the 1990s, before I started doing all digital for Macworld, as a matter of fact. But in the old days, Macworld would give you the articles in Word format that made it very easy yes. to go back and forth with track changes. When they go to these crazy content management systems, it's not as easy. Well, what happened is um, some years ago, and I don't remember exactly which year it was, um, Macworld changed from the website being republication of what was in the magazine to the magazine being a best of of the website. So we used to write for print first, and then it would go on the web. And then we started writing for the web first, and then it goes into print. Now, this has advantages and disadvantages. When you're writing for print, you have a much more stringent word count. So if they tell you you've got 1,200 words, you got to do 1,200 words because there's just not room on the pages. Whereas on the web, you have more flexibility. We used to get Word documents, but then I would still get a final layout of a section which would have my articles in a PDF format, uh, you know, in the two column with the illustrations, the ads, and everything, and we would do a final proofread of that. But once they went to web first, and of course now the magazine, the print magazine doesn't exist, they went to sending PDFs, and it's really practical. It's quick. You can, you can easily mark up typos or changes, and, and I used to do this with Preview, which has some great markup tools. But doing it with the pencil, it's it's kind of fun. It just feels, I don't know, it feels a little bit retro in a way. So I've been taking some notes. I've been writing some things. I'm going to try and write a little bit more and improve my handwriting at the same time, which, you know, I type so much, I rarely write by hand. And my handwriting has always been, let's just say, not very readable, but it's gotten worse. So one of the projects I'd like to do this year is improve my handwriting. So you like the Apple Pencil. I have the 12.9-inch iPad Pro here for review. I like the Pencil. I never could get my wife to play with it, though, and I thought she'd love to because she always likes to write handwritten notes. And now you can take notes for iOS and write handwritten notes, but she just never did it. But we sent it back, and I thought it was okay. I wasn't nuts about the smart keyboard. I don't have the keyboard. It's quite expensive. Um, it's 129 pounds here. Um, and this is for the iPad that cost, 
I'm thinking 499 was the price of the iPad. It's 599. No, I'm thinking in pounds. Um, that's an awful large percentage of the price of the device for a keyboard. And I understand it's also a, a, a smart cover type thing. Um, if I really wanted to type a lot on an iPad, I would put it on a stand and use a Bluetooth keyboard and it would be a full size keyboard. Now, remember you had the 12.9 inch with the smart keyboard. So that was the same with this Apple's Bluetooth keyboard about, right? Or the MacBook keyboard. Yeah, it's fairly similar, fairly similar. On, on the 9.7, it's a tiny keyboard. It's like a netbook keyboard. It's cramped. So I, if I do want to type on the iPad, I'll just get a, I, I have a cheap iPad stand. I'll just use that and a Bluetooth keyboard. Doesn't work on your lap, though. No, but I've got a MacBook for that. So in, in our business, you could say we're spoiled because we have more than one device, unlike most people who just have a single device. So I have a device for every position, right? Um, I can lie in bed and, and watch Netflix on my iPad. I can sit in my comfortable leather chair and use my MacBook, or I can sit at my desk and use my iMac. Um, I, I have the options. So adding that, what is a relatively expensive keyboard doesn't really seem to me very useful. Now, ideally, if it comes to a MacBook, if I'm looking at my next ideal notebook, it wouldn't be a 12-inch MacBook. It would be a 15-inch MacBook if Apple chooses to go that way. Because I think a lot of what it's being offered in the MacBook Pro, I don't need. Because in traveling, I have my Wi-Fi connection. Maybe I'll plug in a Bluetooth microphone for remote recording. And even then, if I need to do that in the power, I can get a dongle. Other than that, I'm not plugging anything into it on the road. And I think Apple really saw something very useful there in developing this product. Yeah, so the one thing I don't like about it is I do need a number of adapters. So I've got the, what is it? It's the HDMI USB adapter. So it's, it's basically the pass-through for the charger. And it's also got an HDMI and a USB plug. I have a regular USB adapter. What's this one? No, that's a, a SD card to lightning adapter for the iPad. Um, and I bought a hub as well as a, a, a four-port USB-C hub. That's a lot of adapters to carry around. My ideal laptop, I think, for the future would be a Retina MacBook Air if they were to make one. I'm, I'm really not too hip on this single-port choice on the MacBook because of the cost of the adapters, because you need to carry them around with you, because you can lose them. Okay, uh, but they're not designing that product for Kirk McElher and his needs. It is designed the iPhone SE for me. No, they're designing their products for a, a wide variety of people, and there's nothing wrong with saying that this particular choice doesn't suit my usage. Right. When you have to go through all sorts of extra stuff to get something a little bit lighter, then it's not your product. Your product is a MacBook Pro. And perhaps they'll make a thinner, lighter MacBook Pro in another generation. Certainly that's quite possible. We'll talk more about that, about the ideal notebook designed for Kirk McElhern. I mean, Apple designed his ideal iPhone. So, you know, maybe he's caught a wave here. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
so you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using the computer or, or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you are having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly certified computer repair experts available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. You've woke up to the deception. You understand how big government and corporations are controlling you. Guess what? The trail goes even deeper. When you want to learn the full truth, visit toolsforfreedom.com. We take you further into uncovering the conspiracy than you've ever been before. Click toolsforfreedom.com. Use coupon code RADIO to get a free DVD today. Or call 800-770-8802. That's 800-770-8802. toolsforfreedom.com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. Remember Pearl Harbor. Now you can buy, for the first time ever, the 75th anniversary Pearl Harbor legal tender solid gold coin from the U.S. Money Reserve. 
Call 1-800-329-6700 right now or go online to usmoneyreserve.com. 1-800-329-6700. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So we have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, proprietor of McElhern.com, for a couple of more segments here. So let's talk about this in more detail. The ideal, the perfect MacBook, MacBook Pro, MacBook Air for Kirk McElhern. If Apple is listening to you, as they did with the iPhone SE, what do they build? Well, the first thing is it has to have a retina display. So I had a a 13-inch MacBook Pro. And I sold it. This is more than a year ago now, or about a year ago. And there is absolutely no way I would have gone to the MacBook Air because I had gotten so used to the Retina display. I had MacBook Airs before that. I had the very first MacBook Air in 2008. Um, In 2011, I upgraded the MacBook Air. And then I moved to the MacBook Pro because I wanted a Retina display. So the MacBook Air is, if I'm not mistaken, is it the only Mac that doesn't have a Retina display? Or isn't there uh, an older MacBook Pro still available without Retina? There's a 13-inch MacBook Pro. Without Pro- Retina. Yeah. Exactly. That's the only yeah. one sold with a SuperDrive. That's right. It's the only one with, a, with an optical drive. It's the only product from Apple anymore. An the only Mac yeah. that has a built-in optical drive. Yeah. Whatever device it is, it's going to have to have a Retina display uh, oh, you know, kind of correct that. There's still a 21.5-inch iMac without Retina. I was thinking of notebooks. Okay. But whatever laptop it is, it's going to have to have a Retina display. Once you've gone Retina, you don't go back. It's you just it's like it's like going back to a pre-HD TV set, you know, and watching a DVD um, like that. So it would have to be uh, a device with a Retina display. It has to be fairly light. And, and I think the MacBook is a tad lighter than the MacBook Air. The 13, oh, it's a lot lighter. The 13-inch MacBook Air is 1.35 kilos, and the 12-inch MacBook is 0.92 kilos. So that is 42, that's a pound-ish, more than a pound. I can do fine with the 1.35 kilos or whatever it comes out to in pounds, but it's not. I don't want something as heavy as uh, a MacBook Pro. I'm not bothered by having too many connections. I don't need an HDMI output, for instance. You know, that's the kind of thing that can be an adapter. Um, but the, the, the single connector in the MacBook is just a little bit limited. Okay, so it wasn't designed for you. It was designed for me. Now, just to show you how things have changed in my life. Years ago, when I go out with a portable, I took everything with me. I was paranoid. I took a portable printer. I took an external hard drive. I took a full office with me. I took a full office with me. Boy, how times have changed. Yeah. I've become minimalist, poor and minimalist. But I still have a 2010 17-inch MacBook Pro. It has since been upgraded with, it has an SSD. It has more memory. That's what I use. But I haven't that much, done that much traveling lately. So it really isn't used that often anymore. 
but I need it. I keep it around. Yeah. There's no substitute. If I have to travel, I got to have something, and I'm not going to do it with a iPad. Yeah, I'm just looking up how heavy that is. Let's see notes. I'm looking in Mac Tracker. If you don't know the the app called Mac Tracker, it's really wonderful. It lists every single Mac. Six point six pounds is your seventeen inch MacBook Pro. My God. Um, one thing worth noting. So you could do without the printer today. But if you did want to carry an external hard drive, you get these really small self-powered USB hard drives now. Um, I, I do have one. When I got the SSD from Otherworld Computing, and I got it yeah. for a review. But once you install it, they don't really ask for it back. I'll just tell you the secret. Yeah. But I still have an external USB drive. Case. Yeah, and, and these are very light. You know, if you were talking about years ago, you took an external drive, it was probably a full-size drive, plus it had a power supply. So the drive and, and the case and the power supply weighed almost as much as the computer. I've got a plastic USB 3 enclosure with an SSD in it, in my hand here, with a USB 3 cable. Um, it weighs a little bit more than my iPhone altogether. So you, you can take a drive, and for me, if I'm going someplace for a long time, I would want to take the drive just in case um, because I'll clone my operating system because I have a problem and I, need, and I need to restore it. You don't have to worry so much about documents. You use Dropbox or whatever cloud service to put any documents you're working on, but it's more if you need to restore the operating system. Now, in my case, I will produce content for a WordPress blog. So I don't yep. need a local copy. That's cloud sourced. Yep. And I will be doing radio shows. And each one of those files, because it's recorded lossless, is going to be fairly large. We're talking about yep. 100 to 125 megabytes. 12 yep. files would be what? You know, 1.4 gigabytes Gigab for yep. each show, each episode. So in terms of a backup, I can probably use a thumb drive if I wanted. You could. Personally, I would use a portable SSD like I have in an enclosure self-powered because thumb drives aren't very fast, whereas SSDs over USB 3 are a lot faster. And you're talking about copying a lot of data. This said, if you're just doing that once a day, you don't care. You set the copy onto a thumb drive and you don't care how long it takes. Well, I do two shows of that size. So a 5 or 10 gigabyte thumb drive is more than enough to contain my weekly output. Now, let's point out, I do make a second copy of each file once it's edited. And it's a mono copy, because our show is heard in mono, not stereo. That's right. Mono right. el mono, or something like that. And therefore, the second version of the file is half as much. So it's closer to two gigabytes for each show. Yeah. And therefore, having a 5 or 10 gigabyte thumb drive, and they're pretty cheap now. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, so I think the main um, criteria for a laptop these days is the display, the battery life. The 13-inch MacBook Air has much better battery life than the 12-inch MacBook. 12-inch MacBook is rated at 9 hours, the MacBook Air at 12. Now, um, I just noticed here as you're talking, they have a SanDisk... 16 gigabyte USB 2 flash drive for $8 at Amazon. Yeah, you, they're, they're throwaway. And in fact, you probably, like me, get a bunch of them from um, software companies who send them to you with their software or with their press kits on them. Uh, not so much, not so much. And they have a 128 gigabyte flash drive for as little as $35. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's cheap. Yeah, but you know, you look at the price of memory cards for for cameras and all that. That that stuff is it's coming. Now you look at the price of SSD drives. Um, I bought this SSD a few months ago on Amazon was having a you know their daily deal thing. I think I paid sixty pounds for it, which you know a hundred dollars for a two hundred fifty six gigabyte or two hundred forty gigabyte SSD. You know when the first when the first MacBook Air came out. I think it was fifteen hundred dollars extra or eight hundred dollars extra to get the SSD, and it was a fifty gigabyte SSD. So I'm looking now, you know, seventy pounds for a Samsung two point five inch two hundred fifty gigabyte SSD. Um, five hundred gigabyte is one hundred and fourteen pounds. It, it's come down in price. All all this stuff comes down in price, which is you know it's wonderful. Except for uh, Apple. Well, yeah. So, uh, See, when you look at Apple, what they try to do is they keep the price the same, but they give you more stuff. Maybe not storage in an, in an iPhone, but, um, you know, the base storage and the base memory in a laptop is more than it was a few years ago. A Samsung um, 850, a Samsung 850 EVO, one terabyte internal drive is $294. Yeah. Another one here, I'm seeing another one here. For $235. Now, the interesting thing about Amazon, and this is something I don't know if they have in the UK yet, same-day delivery in many cities in the U.S. Yeah, They're, we don't have, have it for IM yet, but they do. They have, it, um, they have started in a couple of cities. However, what we have that you don't get is we get next-day delivery with Prime. I'll continue that in a moment. Okay. We have Kirk McElhern for one more segment of the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. 
You know about RVs, you've heard about bunkers, but surviving is not recreation, and man wasn't made to live underground. Introducing Survivalist Camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid survival bug-out house that's mobile, well-equipped, and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Go to survivalistcamps.com to learn more. That's survivalistcamps.com, providing your basic needs to survive. Survivalistcamps.com You've woke up to the deception. You understand how big government and corporations are controlling you. Guess what? The trail goes even deeper. When you want to learn the full truth, visit toolsforfreedom.com. We take you further into uncovering the conspiracy than you've ever been before. Click toolsforfreedom.com. Use coupon code RADIO to get a free DVD today. Or call 800-770-8802. That's 800-770-8802. Toolsforfreedom.com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. A good stove is at the top of the list for any serious survivalist. That's why you have to see the full range at emberlit.com. Simple, elegant, but extraordinarily efficient. Available in titanium or stainless steel, the Emberlit line of stoves are ultralight, pack flat, and work great. Fueled only by sticks and debris. From emergency situations to long-term survival, Emberlit stoves are up to the task. Emberlit, the most convenient, easy-to-carry wood stoves on the planet. See them all at emberlit.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So you have next day delivery for Prime. We have two day delivery, but this is funny. They've added same-day delivery. You order by noon, you get by 9 p.m. in the Phoenix metropolitan area. But I am one zip code too far Yeah. to get it. So if I'm using Prime, I have to get two-day. Because I'm one zip code, which could be a matter of two miles. But it's also, that same-day delivery isn't for everything. It's only for a selection of items, for really popular items. So if you wanted the, the Star Wars Blu-ray, you could get it same-day. But for... I don't know, some obscure CD or a book or whatever, you might not be able to get it. They do it here in Birmingham, which is about an hour from me. It's about 30 miles, but it's about an hour's drive. I think they'll soon be extending, but I don't know if they'll reach me because I'm just over the border from the county of Warwickshire into Worcestershire. And my guess is that the dividing line will be that border. I'm literally 200 yards away from that border. They're also offering the Amazon 
pantry box, prime pantry. Yeah, we, we have that here, and I, I must admit I don't understand it. I mean, I get the concept, but why am I paying for delivery when I'm already getting the same stuff for free on Prime? Now, let me just tell you, it's free delivery. No, here. not here. Okay, but what's happened here is you can see how traditional supermarkets are fighting. So some of the supermarkets offer delivery. Others, what they do is the halfway point. So, for example, you have these Walmart super centers, and they're huge. It's like a city block size store. And you don't want to have to go to the drugstore on one side to get some soap or body wash for yep. Mrs. Steinberg and then get some breakfast cereal diagonally across the store. Half a mile away, yeah. So what you do is you go online, you place your order, and then they take it to your car. Oh, okay. So what they do here is Amazon Pantry, it's three pounds for the first box and, and one pound for each additional box in the same order. But the difference here is if I want to order from a supermarket online, there are four different supermarkets that will deliver to my door. Now, they won't deliver tomorrow. Uh, they usually don't have a slot the next day. But I see no advantage to the Amazon pantry thing. Whereas if I want to order one or two things from Amazon, they're probably covered by Prime anyway, and I'll get them the next day. And that's interesting. So when I was in France, Prime was next day delivery. Um, up here, it's next day delivery. In the States, it's two days, and it's probably just because of the size of the country. Um, they've got their warehouses spread out in different places. For some items, it, it takes longer, so they just make it two days instead of one. It, it's very rare that something here takes more than one day. Uh, occasionally, I'll order something, and it'll say, available, but may require two or three more days. And what happens, I've noticed, is they end up shipping it from another country, France or Germany or Italy or something. This is often the case, um, and, and I've seen this with like camera accessories and things, where they may have them stocked in one country where they're selling more, and maybe they just run a truck every day from France to the UK or in Spain to France, whatever. Um, so the, occasionally things come from other countries to get here. And of course, Europe is still smaller than the United States. I'm thinking here, what's going to happen when Amazon replaces all your local supermarkets? Because right now it's like a halting effort. The prices aren't that great. I was looking over detergents and things that I would buy at Walmart. And Amazon is more expensive, so I have no yeah. incentive to buy it from Amazon. But there's a point where that's going to change. Well, okay, so your local supermarket is where you go to buy fresh food. I wouldn't buy fresh food from Amazon. And I'd be hesitant to buy many different types of fresh produce online. I mean, if I want to order a bunch of bananas or some apples online, okay. But for a lot of other things, I want to see what it is. I want to choose it. I'm not that comfortable with buying fresh. For all the other stuff, I'm more than happy to order online. We don't because we've got supermarkets nearby. I remember we placed an online order when we moved to this house a little more than two years ago um, to get it delivered on the day of the move. So we would have a whole bunch of food. And we've ordered a few times online from a couple of different supermarkets, but not that much. I can't see Amazon replacing supermarkets because that's where you go when you want something at the last minute, as well as doing your weekly shopping. I can see emergencies. Like, for example, a few weeks ago, I was laid up with the flu. So I wasn't doing my share of grocery shopping. And my wife doesn't go with me as much anymore because after she broke her knee... They put it back together again, but Humpty Dumpty is not perfect. Humpty Dumpty yeah. is 90%. So, of course, she doesn't go to places like that, and she doesn't want to have to go across Walmart. 
Yeah. So I would do the shopping. But a, a few weeks ago, I couldn't. At that point in time, if Walmart would have delivered, and there are supermarkets that do, I think Albertsons is a chain that delivers here. But if Walmart would deliver, I would have gone online and placed my full order for a week's groceries and taken the sure. chance and sure. done it. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that there aren't so many that deliver in the States. And and part of it is where you live. But I know that, you know, talking to other people, there are they're just it's just not as common. Whereas here, they all deliver, period. There are four major supermarket chains. They all do it. You have absolutely no problem. Do you have a Walmart near you? No. Walmart owns a chain called Asda over here, which is just a, a supermarket. It's not, you know, an everything store. I think we have an Asda in Stratford-upon-Avon, which is eight miles away. I don't know if Asda actually delivers because they're a discount chain. And the discount chains aren't the ones that deliver. It's, the, it's not high-end supermarket chains, but, you know, it's the regular supermarket chains. It's not the discounters do the delivery so is that really a discount place the chain that's owned by walmart is it last year yeah it is i'm not sure how it compares to walmart because i think i've been in walmart twice in my life and the last time was maybe 10 or 15 years ago i'm not sure how it compares but as it is a supermarket they say they're a discount supermarket but in in the uk discount supermarkets aren't necessarily discounts and the main supermarket like tesco is the biggest supermarket chain they have discount products as well. They sell different product lines, which are higher priced and lower priced. So it's hard to compare. I was just looking it up. It's not Albertsons. It's Safeway that delivers. But Safeway is now owned by the same company that owns the Albertsons supermarket chain. Also, Bosch's, which is a regional chain in Arizona. They also provide delivery. I don't know how much it costs. I get the impression there is a delivery fee. But the first order, it's free. Well, here, there's no delivery above a certain price. Uh, so I think, let's see, if you haven't bought, they give you 40 pounds off your first two things with a coupon. But after that, I think delivery is free once you've spent 50 or 60 pounds. So you're not going to get free delivery if you're just buying, you know, a box of cereal, a quart of milk, and a couple other things. But free delivery here, 60 pounds or more. So that's $100. And they have another system, which is free if you spend 40 pounds or more, where you order online and you go pick it up at the store and everything's already bagged for you. Now, here I'm looking over Safeway. There is a minimum purchase of $49, excluding tax and delivery fee and things like that. And what it is here is that the delivery fee is $12.95 on purchases under $150. Wow. That's pretty high. That is. All right. There you go. I'm not going to do it, folks. I am not going to do it except in an emergency. If it's above $150, how much is delivered? It's free. Ah, okay. Kirk McElhern, before you call the person to deliver your groceries, tell us where we can find more of your stuff. You can find me at my website. It's called Kirkville. The URL is www.mackelhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me at Macworld, where I'm the iTunes guy. And where, by the time you read this, I've just started a new column on Macworld called, Hey, Apple, Fix This. Oh, that's going to be a long column. You can find us on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Check out our second radio show, The Paracast, at paracast.com. This week, we're going to talk about... UFOs and movies, all about the UFO movies that are out there. The book is called Silver Screen Saucers, like Day the Earth Stood Still and Close Encounters of the Third Kind, featuring UFOs. Also, check out 
Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. We offer the enhanced version of this show, free of network ads, better quality audio for a modest subscription fee. Our price, like they say with Mad Magazine, cheap. Check out plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me again, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.